You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 136, recorded January 9th, 2022. The topic for this episode is a revisit of a drifter's gambit, our very first episode. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. We have and <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. We have a special guest with us. Special yeah, that guest. was a little bit scuffed. Hey, it's Rendell. How you doing, everyone? God, let's just redo it. It's terrible. <laughs> Fucking worse. You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Are you kidding? That's gold. <laughs> no. Now I'm your host for this episode. My name is Orkin. And I am Elemist. And I am Rendell. That's better. <laughs> We're just going to keep all of that. Fuck it. We're not. Right? <laughs> I hate both of you. We have podcast news. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can just tweet everything that was wrong with that opening. You can tweet at me at hey, it's Orchid. You can tweet at Alamist at I underscore am underscore Alamist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore um, at outlook.com. I can read. You can send us a review wherever can you? you can find the podcast. No, I can't. <laughs> you can send us a review wherever you can find the podcast, even on Spotify. You can also find us in our Discord. There is a link to the um, invite in the episode description, but you can also just, you know, type it into your browser at discord.gg slash lorehub. You can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We are still there. There, there it is. is. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit it so that we're saying it at the same time. I'm getting mm -hmm. it from both sides now. Jesus Christ! Oh not oh. like that. Oh my! No, not like that. Oh God! My goodness. Okay, this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle. There was no Twob this week. Twab, Twab, where? Twab, how are you doing? Twab, no Twab, who dis? <laughs> Twab on vacation. Twab need break. Um, so did you do anything this week? Did you play Destiny? I played a lot of Destiny this week. I'm trying to finish my my 30th anniversary stuff, and I'm trying to finish my moments of triumph stuff. I need to order my shirt. Oh shoot! Um, yeah, I already ordered mine. What the hell I didn't order. I forgot. Right? Slacker. Well, I did play a little bit of Destiny. I've been trying to help new lights with dares because the game mm. just automatically drops them in. So I've been lowering my power level as far as it will go. I've been looking at the screenshots you've been setting and just going, how low can you go? <laughs> 
The only thing, like, so, so I have zero in every slot except the power weapon, right? Right. And that's because the original power weapon you get got brought up to 1100. So the lowest I can go is 137 power level. <laughs> Wait. I have a plus 25 for my artifact, so I'm at like 162, but. That's 137 how did you do that i kept my starting armor the starting weapons yeah that's pretty much it i'm really impressed i have to say that's really low i, I think know. i i think i peaked at like 700 something i don't have any of my starting armor because i deleted it a long time ago so i don't have any of that oh well um but so far this week, I've helped five different new lights. Yay. And and that's some have taken, you know, breaks from the game because I saw like flawless trials emblems on characters that were like 1100 and rank one for the season. So like I knew that they played before, but then there were some that actually were obvious. You know, they're still rocking the the brand new emblems for warlock or hunter i've been having fun with it i make it a game to see you know how low i can go and to see you know if i actually can match up with any new people which is hilarious because whenever i've been trying that this week i always wind up in a lobby with other people who are trying to do exactly the same thing yes (laughs) that is very common I can't tell you how many times I've backed out of matchmaking because of that. Like, guys, and I say this wholeheartedly because of the fact that I, you know, decided to put together a little ad for the last episode that was encouraging our listeners to go ahead and give this a shot. Obviously, a lot of people took that to heart, like not just from us, but just from social media generally. And it's great that people are doing that, but it's just kind of funny to see that you end up in a full fire team of six people who are trying to help new lights. Yup. <laughs> and it's like, oh. all right, where's the new light? Not here. Where the fuck is the blueberry? Oh, wait, no, I guess there is a supply chain shortage in the game as well as in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And aside from that, I've, I've been playing Pokemon and... Of course you have. Watching Saved by the Bell. What? Yeah. Oh my god, I haven't thought of Saved by the Bell in years. Right? I've never watched Saved by the Bell. Kelly was such a heartthrob. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that's been my week. <laughs> Rindell? Uh, well, I mean, have been playing through Destiny, of course, getting some stuff set for Triumphs. Actually, myself and Sammy were grinding out nightfalls last night um she's actually just been doing that a lot generally just because of the fact that you can get lots of enhancement cores and glow sticks that way and she's just holding on to them and hoarding a bunch yeah but other than that um when not working just trying to get stuff done with audio editing for this show and when not playing destiny doing osu or forza horizon which has been a lot of fun. I mean, I just play Osu, let's be real. So <laughs> that, that's all I do is play Osu. 
she texts me at the one in the morning talking about like, oh my god, I just found out this this Rindex technique of using like your ring and your index finger to click instead of using your middle finger and your index. Yeah, I mean, it's a different one. It's more stable for streaming for like long kind of like snake like a bunch of notes all in a row. So I'm, you know, no one wants to hear about this. So it's better for me. I'm just going to say it's better for my hand because my hand gets real fucked up playing like Osu for hours on end. So no, I mean, I tried it too and I actually kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, you and I are like the only two people I really know that play Osu on a regular (laughs) basis besides like my Osu friends. Because I have friends that play Osu. I've made friends playing Osu. It's so weird. Like, I have people like I that I text that I met through Osu that are like separate from Destiny people. So weird. I know. Like, I met them playing like multiplayer Osu, and now we play ranked Osu together. There's ranked, there's PvP Osu. PvP Osu. That's what it is. It's ranked Osu. I play ranked Osu against them. I've also been playing Destiny. I've been playing Destiny with a lot of friends. I actually did Grandmasters for the first time this season. So, hooray. I'm trying to get Conqueror, sort of. Because apparently I only have the old Conqueror seal and not the new Conqueror seal. (laughs) Because I only got it, like, when it was old. (laughs) So I still need to get the new one. Although, like, I do like the way that they changed Conqueror. So that you you don't have to get it in a single season. You can space it out. That's if true. If you choose to. That is true. That is very true. Like, I know a few people who only have, like, two GMs under their belt so far. And they're like, all right, I'm going to get Conqueror, but it's going to be at my own pace. Yeah, that is pretty nice. But I do wish that I didn't have to do it again. Because I already did it once. And yeah worked hard to get it the first time and already did it although they they took what was you know getting the seal back last year and moved that into the actual gilding process yeah Uh... oh well sunsetting is fun (laughs) i was i was actually running gms yesterday with some clan mates and i was getting enough weapons like actually good weapons that my vault is full again and all my characters are almost full like i'm sitting here and i'm like please let us know what we're doing with weapon crafting because i need space (laughs) oh here it comes for for reference um, Elemist was, before we started recording was just like, hey, so that there's no TWAB this week. So what are we going to do for the Twoggle? And he just types in our show notes any TWAB requests. And we're like, for what are you talking about? Oh, no, I just wanted an opportunity to just like rant about weapon crafting for a second. Well, because like once we <laughs> understand, you know, how the system is actually going to work with perks and, and weapons and all that, then like we can start planning with what we currently have at our disposal. Right. Like this could be the vault solution that we 
have been asking for where literally we only need really like a hundred slots now because you know we've got specific weapons that we want to use and armor i i would hope so i would really hope so but we haven't gotten any more information on how weapon crafting is supposed to work as of just yet so it's kind of difficult to know right the only information we've gotten has been it's coming and that's not as helpful as anybody really needs yeah it's a it's a thing it's it's gonna be in witch queen okay how the hell is it supposed to work we're not telling you at least not yet i mean that goes with the same idea that they're not gonna tell us anything until the day it comes out right because if they do people are either a gonna pick it apart be going to estimate what they need to save in order to get ready for raids but people are doing that anyway i know but they're going to do that so but they're going to make it worse for the devs and they're going to put more stress on them so i understand why they're not going to do that Bungie has to become secretive to be able to do anything anymore and i kind of side with Bungie on this one content creators have made it really shitty for them to do their jobs Mm-hmm. and yeah. it's one of those things where like from a point of convenience i would love to know how it works but again given exactly everything you were just saying i understand why they haven't right and like i i understand as well but it's just i'm i'm looking at a full vault and i'm like i can't even play the game because anything new that i'm gonna get i'm gonna have to delete and that just does not feel good so at this point like i only hop on the game if i absolutely need to because i'm helping somebody or whatever because god forbid that you're in an an activity and you happen to get a drop that is a god roll what the fuck am i going to do with this right i've tried to go like a lot of times when i get rolls i'm in the middle of activities so i'll you know paranoid i'm just throwing weapons in my vault and i'll i tell myself i'll come back to you later because i it's hard for me to judge what next season is going to bring because i don't know what the mods are going to be i don't know what the activities are going to be especially since we have these new six-man activities or we have these new like kind of shattered realm like activities or override slash um what was the other one that i can't do expunge we have expunge activities so i'm like well grenade launchers like breach loaded grenade launchers were good in that because we had the mod for that last season so those were good again but it's like okay well do i have any that are good well i have to go back through my vault and see if i had like a blinding grenade one or one with like sticky grenades or something or what do i have and then I end up saving a bunch of things that I try to anticipate what's going to be good and what isn't. And that's how my vault gets full. Mm. But now with like weapon crafting, now I can be like, oh, God, now what do I want? And how expensive is it going to be? How grindy is it going to be? What kind of minutia are we going to be talking about? Is it actually going to be like the forges again, where we're going to be able to go? <laughs> Shut up. Where we're going to be I'm able just to go? Be inserting a Niobe dang right there. God damn yep. it! Where it's going to be like? Are we going to be able to go grab some sort of frame, go do a quest for it, and then 
you know, put it in whatever kind of weapon forge we have to get the weapon out? Or are we going to have to grind for materials to then make it like how expensive is it going to get? Is it going to be kind of like the umbral thing we have now where we're going to have to go do activities, which I think it's probably going to be more like what we have now with tiers for parts more likely or like can we change or can we change like the kind of scope that we have can we change the kind of barrel that we have so polygon had an article that they wrote up with an interview with with joe blackburn um and the article specifically says but the crafting in the witch queen won't resemble crafting in other loot based rpgs either i think we all have the mmo um hey how do I level up and do crafting? And it's like, well, I make 1,000 of this bad pickaxe, and then I make one thing that I care about. And that's what crafting is, Joe uh, Blackburn says. We really want it to feel more sacred, more special. And we want you to have this sort of long relationship with your weapons. And when you master a weapon, we want you to feel like, yeah, I've put in some time. I've put in some grease. And I feel like an expert with this thing. And so I don't think you can feel like an expert if you're, you know, driving around destinations, picking up grass. And then you're like, yeah, I turn all this grass into a gun. Well, that's I figured, obviously. <clears throat> Destiny's not going to be fucking Skyrim. I'm not going to make like a hundred or what I would do in Skyrim is make, you know, a a thousand you know iron daggers and then go sell them and then go make another thousand iron daggers and like enchant those and then go sell those and do that loop for a while because that's how i make my bajillion dollars well but, but <laughs> or I mean, septums but but i mean that's that's pretty much how the the token system has been in destiny i mean but using using your brains though that that's not possible for this right like that's that's not that's wouldn't be how you would do it like i assumed it would be more like do you remember in d1 how you would get a gun and you would use it and then it would slowly level up yes so you would unlock different parts i'm assuming it would be more like that yup and and see i'm I'm assuming it's more like that. Like you get, let's say I'm going to use gnawing hunger because that's the gun I pulled out of my wallet. And I was like, I forgot I had this and it's a really good roll and I like it. And yay, yay. Purple, <laughs> purple. So I have this gnawing hunger that I like. And so if it was, let's say, had the ability to unlock other rolls on it and, you know, had some like blazing ass roll that was further down the line. I assume you have to keep using it to unlock those rolls further down. And that might be what he means. I'm again, like it boils down to, we don't know how it's going to be implemented. No. Cause like I, I can see them doing a, a triumph checklist that, you know, Oh, you used auto rifles with rampage. You can now put rampage on auto rifles or, I can see them doing essentially like a bounty checkoff system where I have to go do this one bounty and then mm -hmm. I can slide this one perk on whatever weapon I want. 
Right. Mm. It, essentially, it would be mods 3.0 or mods 4.0, whatever we're on now. I still honestly think it would be more like you have this one gun that you picked up or you bought. So if we brought, uh, gosh, what is it? What was the auto rifle from the forges? The ringing nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's Ding. say you get the shut up. So ringing nail was really good. So let's say you got something. You picked up the ringing nail because I love that gun. And oh, it was good. Yeah. So let's say you finally unlock this gun that's really good, but it doesn't have any rolls on it. And the two rolls you want are further down the line. So you just keep using it until you unlock the two rolls you want. That is how me, if I was designing a weapon forge unlock thing, that's how I would do it. And so you would have to unlock it by using it, this particular gun that you unlocked finally. You'd have to, you would have to A, put, you know, items into it, let's say master or cores or whatever, by doing activities and also using it straight up using it in strikes gambit whatever not necessarily pvp because like people who don't do pvp would hate that so you would have the option of the three playlists so get kills in the three playlists and put stuff into it and that would slowly unlock down the line of like what roles you want on it right and that's how i would do it yeah Either that or it is going to be like a forge situation, but we could be totally wrong. That's how I would unlock it and say like you could do like whatever new activity it is that you have on this forge and or you can turn in umbral engrams on it <laughs> lol, 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 lol. Lol. and using that system like unlock with your guns that you've now put time sweat in like effort into that particular gun that you've now used now you have a bond with that gun you're like i put a lot of time into this you know bygones that i now have again you right. know now i have my full auto bygones back that i wanted <laughs> hooray right yeah and, now and, i have that again and i th i think a lot of the issue is for me at least Mm -hmm. It's just that we have no information. So, well, yeah. Like, I've heard a dozen different ways that weapon crafting could work. And at this point, like, the only reason I'm holding on to, to weapons right now is because I, we have no information. Mm -hmm. We don't know how it's going to play out. So, I'm going to hoard anything that I feel is going to be good. Well, and, and that's why, like, some of the players including myself you know who actually play on a regular basis that's why we're having such vault issues yeah because i mean i even me like i have like i think 40 spaces open with my vault right now i need to clean out some shit even i have vault issues and i mean i play on a pretty regular basis though and, and like, i play every day and like i just went through my vault and cleared stuff out and i'm down to like 10 spaces left Jeez. at this point i have nothing that i can delete because i have good roles and i know a lot of it is just me trying to think of like okay well day one rating for next season 
trying to think of, you know, what I'm going to want to to use in order to go through the heroic campaign, what I'm going to want for, you know, this or that. And and I understand that's that's a me problem, but it doesn't help that there's no information. Like even a small like I I I don't know what information actually would help with this though. I don't know. All things to be revealed in good time. Yeah. It and it like I said before, I mean, it's just I I look at my vault and I'm look at all the spaces on my characters and I'm like I can't play the game at this point because if anything good drops, it's probably just going to end up being deleted because I don't have room. Or it's going to sit in my postmaster. You know, the postmaster should not be temporary vault space. Mine has always been temporary vault space. I'm guilty of doing the same. Sammy always yells at me about it. Like, what? Why is your postmaster always full? Because I have, like, no vault space. Right. Like, I go do two strikes, and then I got to go to the tower. I go do, a, you know, two games of Gambit, and I got to go back to the tower. Because mm-hmm. I just, I there's no room. Engrams are supposed to be able to hold, like, infinite amounts of storage. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> right. And then there's, like, Blue and Pens sending me pictures of their vault once in a while. Like, Blue's like, I have too many things in my vault, and there's 50 items. Oh, he's like, I need fuck to, off. I need to purge my vault, and then there's 30 right. items when he's done. And I'm like, this triggers me. Uh, <laughs> I hate you so much. Right. He Fuck. does this all the time. <laughs> like, Blue, why would you do this to me? Why do you desire to hurt me so? Pens does the same thing. He and Blue keep their vaults under 50 items. And I'm like, how do you do content like in the game? Blue is like, I, I just pull stuff out of collections. <laughs> Oh. Or I just like use a blue item that I pick up and then I delete oh. it when I'm done. Oh my god. I'm like, do you do Grandmaster Nightfalls? He's like, no. What's that? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a raid? Are those that that end game stuff? Yeah, no, he I don't do, do that. He doesn't do end game content. He doesn't play PvP. He like does patrols and then fucks off for another season. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> He'll do the story and like he'll do all the, you know, like the empire hunts and do all like the main in-game content pertaining to the lore. He'll do all of that because we have all these for Focus Fire Chat. We have these like super elaborate spreadsheets and he'll like do everything pertaining to these spreadsheets and for like the seals and stuff. And then he just doesn't do anything else. He'll just fill the spreadsheet out. And then he just doesn't do anything else. He'll just do the spreadsheet, check all those boxes, and then, like, disappears from Destiny for three months and, like, goes and plays Halo. Like, how do you, how do you do this? I check off boxes, too, but I do it to an OCD level, like... You do every single triumph (laughs) in the game, though. That's different. He just does the basic top story stuff. So he did all the stasis stuff and like all of the um, he did all of like the empire hunts, did all of that stuff. All the stuff with Keitel, all the yeah. stuff. Yeah, with... he'll do the splicer, all of like the top story stuff for the season. Right, right. 
So he'll barely dip in every single week to do the story stuff and then fuck off. Like still double digit season level, I'm willing to bet. Oh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even finish his like season rank. Oh, my yeah. God. I can't even imagine that. now. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh... <laughs> it's so painful for me. It's also very funny. I mean, he has a child. He has a small, small baby. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I can understand why. Yeah. But sitting in my perspective, I'm just like, uh, no, this is still triggering me. It's like, do you find time to do hours of grinding per week in Destiny? Or do you jump into a couple of Halo multiplayer matches with us Mondays and Wednesdays? Like, that's pretty much. And it's like the multiplayer is much easier to do than, you know, grinding in Destiny every week. See, what he, what he's doing is he's got the triangle of time and it's basically, oh, I can grind destiny, I can work, and I can sleep. Pick two. <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. He's he's chosen work and sleep and child over everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Oh god, Alamus, your triumph like, score is pain. Oh God! Like I, I still understand it, but I, I, it still triggers me. No, no, it's pain. It's pain. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, do you, Brindle? Do you have any twab requests? Since we went over ease, uh, tangent on weapon crafting. <laughs> I mean, not particularly. I'm. Of the mind that I do want to see stuff with the weapons crafting eventually, but, you know, with full knowledge that it probably won't be until it releases. Um, Other than that, nothing that's, like, within realm of possibility. Uh, I could be really caustic and just be like, hey, um, are we actually going to get SRL back? Because I fucking miss SRL so much. The answer is no. I know the answer is no, but I'm still holding out hope. The answer is no. I can tell you that right now. They are much too busy doing other stuff. Uh, So the answer is no. Um, I know. I know, but I can still hope. (laughs) I can say uh, for people who are doing the 30th anniversary stuff, uh, I am making a correction to what we talked about in our last episode. We talked about all the 30th anniversary stuff going away. It's not going away. It's staying around for a long time. It'll be here for a whole year. So I'm very excited about that. That's great. I love that. That's what I was saying initially. Yeah. Because it was very unclear even in game. Yeah. In, in, yeah, it's $30 initially. I was surprised too, but yeah, no, it's, it's staying around for a whole year. I'm very excited. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's because the saying. dares take forever to finish. I'm like, why is everyone like freaking out about completing everything? And we got a whole year. Calm down. Relax. Just relax, you know? Relax. Load in the dares. Get yourself a nice adult beverage. We'll listen relax. to Star Horse's dulcet tones. Oh my god, Star Horse is great. It makes me <laughs> so happy. D. Bradley Baker is hilarious. Star Horse <laughs> is all the lore we needed this this drop oh my God. <laughs> all we all we need is zur and star horse oh my god star horse is so funny um i did find out there is a if 
you look down the beach when you're dropping into your um if you're fighting a war with the cabal on mars whether you wanted it or not whether you wanted it or not um if you look down the beach to your left uh it's the cartographer's beach from halo ce i fucking so um so so just take a peek next time you drop down the when you drop down the cliff when you're about to start that boss fight in dares uh look to your left because there's a a halo reference on that beach so so take a peek that's really neat and (laughs) and while you're at it load into that fight with forerunner and x 55 Battler, and you'll have the full experience. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, I did, like, five dares uh, last night, and all I did was use, like, the energy sword. Oh. I just, like, zoomed around the map with, like, energy sword, and I was just sorting everything. It was pretty great. I don't think we're going to be able to combine half-truths of the other half, which is sad, but... Uh, I mean, you were with me is. for some of them. Yep. I was playing with my friend Mike, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm sorting everything! I'm just kind of standing next to him going, um, have you played with Orchid? She does the zoomies. I'm zooming everywhere! I'm zooming! It was so fun. This is the exact reason I was able to get her into Formula One so easily. Like, They go so fast! It's just real-life oh, zoomies. God. Rindle and I are going to Formula One race in October. <laughs> I hope so, and I'm looking so forward to it. I'm so ah! excited. Anyway, okay. Um, I have no twelve requests for myself. None. None. We need more fashion in the twab. Oh, always. More fashion is great. We just need an entire twab dedicated to fashion. <laughs> I want to curate it. <laughs> oh they should God. hire me a bungee just to do fashion. Just saying. Fashion correspondent at Bungie. I'm available, by the way. I need a new job. <laughs> Hi. You can hire me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> okay. Here's a Lore Network ad. It's going to be really crispy, I promise. So crisp. The Lore Network. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory podcast for questions. Who is an Lore? What is, what is an orc? What is that? Through queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For spinfoil theories. Mars Sabbath Moon. The spinfoil theory podcast. Insert information here. So why didn't he didn't give the you didn't give the information? We didn't give, didn't give the information. Oh, uh, Spinfoil Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at, at Twitter at Spinfoil Theory and or uh, uh, Spinfoil Theory at gmail.com. Brief intro into this topic. So this lore book was introduced in Forsaken and obtained by accomplishing triumphs on your way to earning the Dredgen title. Um, back when Dredgen was actually hard to get. Um, uh, so it was a lot of gambit. So much gambit. So, um, as he put it, so much fucking gambit. So, um, gambit back then was a lot longer. It was three rounds, 
which actually gave your team a chance to come back. And the third round was this like very frenetic. Everyone got their super really quickly. So you could just like melt the boss. It was mayhem. It was mayhem, but Gambit. It was very fun. Um, yeah. I actually miss that Gambit a lot. <laughs> Uh, I don't really miss how long it was. I kind of wish they had one longer round like this with the second mayhem round. So you could see if the second team would win, but you know, it was fun. I, I liked original gambit. Um, I missed some of the original maps. They were really good maps. Don't know why they took those out. So, but, Oh um, God, Queens walk. Queens walk was so good. Queens walk was good. I hated that Tingle Shore map, though. Yeah, the other map with, like, you fall in the acid and you die. Like, fuck that Yep, the Tingle Shore map. <laughs> um, but since Beyond Light, every player has access to this entire book. Uh, we wanted to revisit this book. Uh, this was our very first episode. So if you've been binging this, you would know that this was our very first episode. And um, when Elmist and Hyven did this very first episode, they had no clue what we were doing back then. Um, <laughs> for a little bit of history, we've been over the history of this podcast before. Uh, I demanded a podcast <laughs> because I was going to miss them talking about lore. And so they're like, we'll record it. Okay. And that's how the podcast came to be. It's because I was demanding and I wanted a podcast. <laughs> demanding? Me? Never. Right. Right. And now I'm a host on the podcast that I demanded come into being. So, and I got involved and somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and like, ironically enough, we were recording our stuff via mixer back then. Yeah. <laughs> that really dates how mm -hmm. when this started. Right. That is how that. Yeah. Uh huh. After like five or six episodes, we were like, oh, this is not working. We need to figure uh -uh. something out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's how this came to be. That That's that. Yeah. Now we're right back where we started. A mixer podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> and and just for prosperity's sake. That episode came out October 17th, 2018. Yeah, this is um, the 9th of January, 2022. <laughs> We've been around a while now. We have yeah. some idea of what we're doing. A little bit at this point. This is the most professionally unprofessional podcast that is out there. That's true. Abso-fucking-lutely. I would, I would, yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> So, of course, we got our first reading. Uh, e, you want to go ahead and handle this first one? Yeah. This is Uneasy Feeling. I've followed him for a short while now. Tracked his path since he turned up on mine. He's not like them, but not far off. Hard to trust. Hard to know. He's seen more than most can imagine and done things most wouldn't dare. But he's always kept his distance, stayed far from the light. Why head cityside now? Why risk antagonizing those best equipped to cut his journey short? Can't quite say. I get the sense he's on the run, but from what? 
from who. There are shadows in his past. Do they linger? Do they hunt? Or is his desperation driven by other concerns? All I've seen, all I've uncovered, of him, of his long winding road, says he's made enemies at just about every turn. Over centuries, that list grew real long. He's been comfortable on the dodge out beyond the reef, ever moving, ever exploring, never concerned with the dangers riding his wake. So again, why now? Why here? What's his play? More important, what's his game? A renegade's observations of a drifter. It's very growly. Huh? So growly. <laughs> so gravelly. I tried. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um because we know who the renegade is. It's it's Shin Malfer. That's true. Shin Malfer, also known as certain Dragon. That yes. we didn't find out until the next year. Yes. <laughs> well, no, like we, we found it out uh two seasons after this actually came out. Right, because we Because it was during Season of the Drifter when we got Thorn. Right, but we found out more about what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, that's right, in Season of Opulence. Yes. Like, Shin's story wrapped up in Season of Opulence. And it it was slow-dripped throughout that entire year. Yes. It was really interesting, from at least from my perspective. Because anyone who knows me, I'm a hunter through and through. So, naturally, the tale of... Shen and you know everything to do with Dredgen Yor and Thorn and the Last Word is one that resonates. So seeing all of that kind of coalesce and come together over that year was really really cool. Yeah, and especially since like this Shen's story specifically has been slow dripped throughout all of Destiny's history. Right, like it started in. Vanilla D1. And it just wrapped up in Season of Opulence. So, like, that's a five-year-long, slow-fed story. Mm, Yeah, and just the way that things kind of ended up twisting towards the end just made it Mm -hmm. really... um, It just kind of blew your head back a little bit. Oh my god, yeah. In the best way. <laughs> so yeah, safe to say, I, I I liked where this went. I did too. I I really enjoyed it. Any thoughts, Orchid? No, not really. Because it's it's this is like a really slow burn. I think, which is why um, I like this entire book. If that makes sense. It just builds and builds and builds along with the rest of the story. Yeah. Well, and, and so, essentially, like, he's writing a journal. Yeah. He's not addressing this to anybody. He's no. not, you know, it's not written like a letter. It's just these are his thoughts. There are these interior thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
and um it's all these questions like if you since we don't know much about the drifter at this point um yep and he was a brand new character at that point he's a brand new character and then you're getting this very first entry of like he's hard to trust hard to know like why antagonize do they hunt like who are these shadows you know all these things that you're like this guy is sus and he already looks sus and he's asking us to do this gambit we don't know much about gambit and you're hearing all these things like this is a dangerous game and it's and it's you know you're putting these light and dark modes and like what is this and like why are we bringing why are we fighting these enemies what is this like thing that's being tethered behind the <laughs> ship i don't understand what's happening like like right. what are how are the nine involved you know there's all this extra shit that's happening and the cool cut scene and like how is he controlling the taken you know like, what kind of fucking space magic is this? Because this is not our kind of space magic. What are we getting involved in? Um, and then, like, Anor is um, an involved, too. That's a whole yeah, other bag of worms. I was well, about to say, like, this is at the same time that Anor is getting involved. And we're seeing all of these different viewpoints simultaneously um, all contradicting each other. So, um, like, reading this with all of that knowledge, and so you were like, mm, well, like, I'm reading that with that all of that now in my head, and I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, I see what you're saying. That's very worrisome now. I can see why it's called uneasy feeling. It's more like a very sus feeling because the drifter, the drifter's acting kind of weird and he's asking us to do a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> right. Well, and, and he had like, weird lines too. Like he did have very weird and... lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's always he still hungry. still has weird and... lines. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, he's, he's a lot of the lines that he has, he's just saying it for effects. I feel like... Oh, yeah, yeah some people like, just say shit i feel like, like drifter at this point uh he has kind of a legend that has sort of been built about him in the tower and amongst guardians generally and i do have a feeling that a lot of what he does the kind of mannerisms that he maintains and the stuff that he says is really just kind of furthering the legend um yeah. you know just follow like living up to an expectation that people have like when you're loading in and about to fight a group of enemies and he's just sitting there going well you know i'd load in there with you but i pawned off my yallahorn shucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah you um, had me on the podcast. It had happened at least once. You know, like sometimes you pawn. Yeah, sometimes you all you are, are is a legend at the end of the day. So, True. so he would become legend. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, you. God damn it. <laughs> you set it up. I know I did. I regret everything. <laughs> But this it ha that's it has a point though that 
Like, you don't know. It says at the end, what's his game? His game is Gambit. Like, it's a Drifter's Gambit. It's the title of the book, okay? A Drifter's Gambit. What's his game? It's a Drifter's Gambit. It's it's the name. That's that's what it is. What's his game? It's called Gambit. Like It's, it's kill enemies and no. stick moats into a bag. No. There's, there's one thing that actually came in. There's actually one thing that came up in this entry that I, I do want to cover. There are shadows in his past. Shadows is capitalized. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yes. That At, very deliberately. It, well, everything with, with Shin's story is deliberate. The one th like at this point, we had two different groups that went by the name of Shadows. Okay, there were the Shadows of Yore, and there were Callus's Shadows. And we weren't sure which Shin was talking about. We suspected it was the Shadows of Yore, but there were also a few tangential theories that it was Callus's Shadows. Since this entry actually came out, we actually have learned that it was the Shadows of Yore. Drifter was dredging hope, but at the time, we had no clue. Yeah, especially with the fact that Callus was still like a big player at yeah. the time. I love Callus. I miss we, him. We know. We know. <laughs> I miss him so much. There, there is an offer that I made for Orchid to do like a thing as Callus on her stream months ago and we still never did anything with that but that offer does still stand uh, uh, i don't know if i want to ask so i maybe we should move on don't ask let's move on rindle do you want to read the next one you know what? i would love to read the next one yay this is justified means The Drifter wasn't always my target. In fact, he only came to my attention when he started running with them I'd call Prey. Before that, he'd existed only as Rumor, the strange lightbearer who journeyed beyond the system's edge, the lone wanderer who was only a guardian by reductive modern definitions. He had a ghost. He was touched by the light. His motivations, though, were his own. Some might say selfish, and I'd have to agree. In regard to the concepts of duty and devotion, and using one's gifts for the betterment of humanity, not his play. The city be damned. The traveler be damned. The light be damned which makes his run to the tower and his newfound benevolence all the more... curious. I lost track of him when the Traveler fell silent. Could be that severed connection drew him back. If so, I doubt it's something he'd admit. Yet here he is. Unwelcome, but with a gift for persuasion. I can't say it doesn't make me uneasy. There was... 
so we're clear. A time I'd call him a threat. But there was a time I'd look to end him as punishment for the paths he'd tread. But things aren't quite so simple these days. Gaul taught us that. And while I still plan to punish those who have transgressed, I can also see the value in certain risks. This gambit, the Drifter's strange little game, may just be one such. It requires care and a keen eye to ensure the means don't consume the ends. But I got a feeling our new friend might be a necessary catalyst. And if not, he sure makes for a fine cut of bait. A renegade's observation of a drifter. Mm. <laughs> I'm seriously... Like, reading back over these, I'm wondering if he's just writing these in case somebody happens upon the journal. See, that's the thing, because again, everything that we learned later down the line, um, well, we got to nothing ends. You know, that revelation yeah. of who <laughs> the other identity that Shen has. Just the idea that this is almost something that he's written as a counterpoint, which, again, further throws in the the level of like potential confusion or the revelation of oh oh shit that's what his end game was right it, it, considering everything that happens with callum with the other you know the actual shadows not the dredgens mm -hmm. that drifter hands out um like considering shin's master plan like it makes me think that this journal ends up being public right i could easily see that like this is this is public record and then what we got from him later was like hey between you and me exactly because i trust you exactly god the amount of layers that this story ends with like because <laughs> in my head i mean i i i know it's it's all like retconning the information even though it was written in such a way that you know it it's not a negative retcon that people continually think about it because a, a retcon essentially is just filling in gaps where there were previously or where you didn't know there were previously or as i like to think of it it's when the author goes oh wait shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah. not all retcons are bad either. Right. Which is something to remember because there's kind of a really negative connotation to the word retcon sometimes, especially in the Destiny community. Yes. Because a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's been retconned. And I'm like, that's not always a bad thing. Especially with the, and I'm going to keep harping on well, it with like the, the absolute just like shit show that the writing has been like over the years because they've been through a lot. Well, and, and a retcon isn't it. 
a retcon isn't bad in itself unless like it unless it's because of a bad reason like it depends. You know. all all retcon is is literally in the name it's just retroactive continuity it's realizing that there was something that you could do to make the story make more sense and you're adding that in at that point exactly uh it doesn't yeah by definition it doesn't make it bad by just happening to use the tool it's just something that in terms of writing has to be done effectively marvel and dc comics they do (laughs) retcons all the time yes and they do they do it in in an effective way you know they they most of the time (laughs) right right most of the time if they do a retcon and it just completely changes the story to the point that like the future issues you know the future actual story cannot take place they will branch it off into its own specific series and call it a new universe you know but retcons in themselves are not bad it's how you go about this new information that makes it good or bad right and and the way my mind works it like i see the new information and i look back at at the old stuff and i'm like okay so how can i make this make sense like I look to help the author rather than be confrontational. That's a really good way of looking at it. That's ultimately what it boils down to is, is, is the reader going to be helpful or hurtful? Mm-hmm. Or is the reader going to look at it and just say, oh, the author's dead. I'm just going to assign whatever meaning I want to, to this. Yeah. So like th- reading these, these entries now, you know, now that we've actually gotten all the information about Shin and Drifter and everything, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so Shin is writing all this. And I came to the, the conclusion earlier that what if everything he wrote had to actually, you know, get put into a database somewhere and it got leaked or, you know, it, it got released to the public or hell, if he's releasing it. Right, right. But like, because essentially just regular Guardians, they know of the myth of Shin Malfer, and they know he was hunting the shadows, but they don't know specifically that he is the renegade. I mean, do I need to remind everybody of like the absolute shit show that is the security of the tower and just like leaving <laughs> shit everywhere? <laughs> like... Charizard level security. Fucking glint showing his Charizard Glint's, to a <laughs> Glint security. Oh, Glint is Tower InfoSec's worst nightmare. Holy I'm God. just assuming it, back then its security was just as bad, if not worse. So <laughs> I can't imagine it's improved at all, like since Glint. Tower InfoSec is running off of one server that's still running on Windows 98. <laughs> And, like, Cade had just died. <laughs> yes. And Cade had just died. Yeah. Like, within so, days. Within days, Cade had just died. So everyone is just, like, we're off, like, on some sort of, like, revenge mission. 
So we're busy, like, mowing down enemies, doing lots of murders. That's what we're doing. Like, our guardian is off doing murder. <laughs> we, we, we were rolling around the tangled shore, dealing out Ikora's revenge boner. Yeah, we're revenge boner. <laughs> revenge bonering. Oh, my God. Is that, is that going to be a new Osu Pete map? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Ikora's revenge bonering. <laughs> Akora's revenge bone. <laughs> no. So we're off like doing like revenge murders and then like <laughs> this happens. So I mean if you're saying that like what do people know? Like probably. Everyone knows everything. Nothing's a secret. Yeah. And and Shin is specifically crafting that story. Mm-hmm. Like this was also the season or the, the content drop that we actually got callum's death and the audio recording for it uh we visited his grave in the ascendant realm in the, the dreaming city because that we did that for the malfeasance so like shin is carefully crafting this story specifically so that he can get guardians closer to the darkness and then instill the fear of god into them I could see that easily. Because the whole point was just try to, you know, persuade Guardians away from this temptation of the darkness. Which it turns out didn't really work so well, did it? And that's, like, that right there is why I'm I'm mad that his story ended with nothing ends. I wanted yeah, to see cause... what he would have done with the revelation cause... of Stasis. Yeah, because I imagine with the revelation, say, yeah, Shin would have had some shit to say. Although I kind of want there to be some kind of conversation between Shin and um, Shiura. Ooh. Because Shiura is hunting down stasis users. Like, I feel like that would be an interesting dynamic. I mean, some people have said that she is kind of the next Shin. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, would you like to read the next one? Yeah. Okay. And that's Step Into the Shade. I want to be clear. I do not trust him. You get the sense he's working to mend that. Sure. But the end game will reveal the truth of his intentions. This con is a long one, friend. But if any are built to see it done, and see it done right, the Drifter is our men. So we see it play out. His gambit and ours. It may not be ideal. In fact, I'd say far from. It's just that. I don't see another way forward. The light is fragile but quick. The dark, dense and slow. If we want to control the balance, tip it in our favor. If we want to confront those shadows who would see it shift further toward the night, we must play in the gray in between. 
we must draw them out. Many have fallen to this path. It's not one I tread lightly, but I've found the only way to best a shadow is meet it in the shade. The vanguard won't allow it. They're noble, but they're flawed, frightened. Most guardians wouldn't dare it. Too many legends of heroes lost to such unpleasant pursuits. But things have changed. The Oryx Slayers and their like have danced within Ascendant Realms. The nightmare legends of Bone Walkers and Nether Worlds have been cast into the light. Old fears are now trampled beneath enduring triumph. Now, if ever, is the time to step proud into the unknown and bathe it in our light. And if doing so draws the attention of enemies old and new, if we tempt damnation, so be it. We will stand ever vigilant and burn them all away. Or maybe the drifter pulls a double cross and our end is met. No way of knowing, no way to tell. I say we let it ride, trust ourselves, trust our instincts, our light. A renegade's observations of a drifter. So, before we go any further, just the whole, the Oryx Slayers and their like have danced within Ascendant Realms. Shen, why are you gonna call me out doing caramel dancing in the Ascendant <laughs> Plane? <laughs> you just killed a hive god. What are you gonna do now? Dun, 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 not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> Jesus. I think I still have that emote equipped on my D1 characters. Because it's it's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. But yes. It, essentially, he's writing that we need the Drifter. The whole purpose of him working with the Drifter is to draw out the shadows, draw the attention of enemies old and new. And again, this is all public theater. Yeah, it's effectively Shin kind of playing, not exactly playing politics, is probably not the way I'd want to put it, but he's basically playing into the public's understanding, both of him, of the way that the shadows operate, you know, the drifter, especially. Mm -hmm. um, so again, he's kind of playing this on a multi-leveled playing field. He's, he's playing with their perception of everything. Right. If reading the last Harry Potter, you're like, Dumbledore was a master manipulator who pretty much set up the entire series. Shin takes that to a whole new level of mastery. <laughs> <laughs> he is good at what he does which is not exactly a good thing 
No, I was going to say. That actually, in some respects, that makes Shen even more terrifying of a prospect. Right. Like, from a guy to go in and manipulate the entire, like, Guardian masses the way that he is, it's terrifying. And the only reason we're not you know, our guardian, the guardian is not affected is because he specifically came out and told us so. (laughs) Like, crap. Now, hindsight and all that. Yeah. I'm assuming no further thoughts, Orchid, or... Oh, I was just waiting for you guys to finish talking. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there... He does have a point. The drifter is necessary. I mean, we know now. Like, it's it's weird reading something with more knowledge than we had when it came out. Like, going back and reading something with a bunch of, like, foreknowledge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, now that we're loaded with the... With, again, that hindsight, that knowledge of how things ended up. Yes. And so, yeah, the drifter is very necessary. You guys pretty much said everything I was going to say, so. (laughs) I have nothing. Do you want to read the next one? You know, yeah, I'll go ahead and take that. Why not? This is Artifacts and Old Friends. By chance, he and I crossed paths in a neutral setting. Didn't give me his name, just called himself a drifter. Told him if that's how it was, he could call me Pal. He laughed at that, got comfortable. Got all kinds of open about where he'd been, what he was hauling. Even dropped a tip on where an old friend of mine was hiding. I still wonder if he knows who I really am. He told me he'd left the system as soon as he was risen. Not immediately, sure. Had to get his bearings, find a ship, get it fit, get it flying. But soon as, he was gone as gone. Drawn to the outer, he says. I can appreciate. He says he's seen the deep side of Jupiter. Been to the core mines of Saturn. Name drops old myths no one's heard. The Luvial Crux, the Shift Chasms below Elios, the Fourth Tomb of Nezarak, goes on about the idols of Lower Sol, the treasure of Exodus Prime, the solar engine of Dead Star Six. I think he's making most of it up, but he's got relics and etchings. He's got materials not of this system. Odd metals, obsidian flames, Thought engines, edible null cakes, and a stuffed something that looks like a rabbit biofused with a cephalopod. He keeps all this stuff to himself. His gets, he calls them. If they're for show, they put on a great one. But to what end? The clutter of oddities he's got shipside ain't nothing compared to what he's hauling. That big, 
black mass of nothing you ain't ever seen before. He calls it an artifact. But it's more than that. Just don't know what exactly. He said he got it far out as he's ever been. Said it was from a place cold enough to snuff out your light. I ask him, was it Vex? Hive? Cagey as all, he said no. It was just other. And it was powerful. Maybe. That was his qualifier. Maybe. Why the hell bring it to the inner system, then? Maybes are trouble. But he's got an answer for everything. He says, Brother, maybes are where the real treasure hides. You could tell I wasn't satisfied, but I knew he wasn't lying. The chunk was other, for sure. And Ghost said its readings were off the charts, but abstract. Unlike anything anyone had encountered. Can't say that made me comfortable. But then the drifter, with his easy manner and eager charm, asked if I'd ever met a man in black named Callum. He was clearly changing the subject, but he was lucky enough, or smart enough, to pick one I had interest in. And I could respect that. A renegade's observations of a drifter. We have mention of Callum there. Yeah. And we all know how that ended up. Right. Do uh, we? Yeah, that's the thing, though. We didn't really have full understanding of all that at the time. The, the only understanding that we had at that time was the public perception that Shin made of Callum's death. Right. Because he was the man who got painted across that, that rock in the Ascendant Plane. Mm-hmm. So, to go back, in case people aren't aware of who Callum's soul was, um, because some people might not know, because you guys are a bunch of lore nerds, not everyone might know who Callum's soul was. Because you can't just say names and just assume everyone knows. Yeah. Like, there are probably people who are rocking malfeasance who are like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, in the malfeasance quest... Uh, you do a final quest and instead, uh, you, instead of doing the corrupted, it takes you through a different part of the corrupted quest, uh, of the corrupted mission. And you end up jumping through a bunch of rocks and it follows you to where there was a guardian death. And it's just essentially an outline of where a guardian was. And it was just, he was obliterated on this rock. There are scorch marks all There's around just his body. Scorch marks of where there was a human at one point. Essentially, you hear a recording, and it's just they exchange a few words. You hear a golden gun activation. You hear right. a shot, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so Callum's soul was one of the founding members of the Shadows of Yore, 
Um, so the shadows, if you don't know, since we've been talking about them, so they tempted guardians into seeking the dark, essentially, or seeking darkness to see if they were essentially capable of balancing kind of the light and the dark together. Their whole goal was essentially to take what Dredgen Yor had done, you know, mm-hmm. diving into the darkness, but don't lose yourself in the process. They wanted to be able to harness the darkness without losing the light. So can you wield the darkness, but not lose yourself to it? Yes. That was the whole point of it. Um. So, and that's kind of how the Drifter got pulled into all of it as Dredge and Hope. And Callum was also friends with the Drifter. And that's how Callum is in all of this. And so Callum got killed on this rock. He was dangerous and delved into the darkness like far, far too much. And yeah, got painted across this rock. He just got got obliterated. He got (laughs) got by Shin's golden gun. Like (laughs) if anybody had ever seen a Wile E. Coyote cartoon... Mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. he's using a cannon it was essentially that yeah well more than that like there's reports to get a little bit dark for a second um like hiroshima and nagasaki with like people who yeah. were just like obliterated by the blast and that's pretty much what happened to them mm-hmm. they you know you just standing there one second and then nuclear fire just means that you were basically just painted onto the wall behind you Mm -hmm. so shin's plan i guess was essentially that he was to be the martyr essentially ironically Um, enough his name was dredgen cull yeah like you're culling the herd Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so his death was essentially like a warning yes I think if yep. I if I understand it correctly. Yep. His Callum's death was essentially a, a warning to all the guardians who were like, yeah, I'm going to jump in and do the dark thing. Go do dark shit. And then he's like, no, because you're just going to get painted on this rock like everyone else. Exactly. And then we went ahead and we got stasis anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how Shaira is now like, no, because then I'm just going to kill you. So, yup. I, I want to say that this is spoilers because, you know, it was revealed in Nothing Ends, but at this point, that's two years old. Callum actually knew the plan and he agreed to it. So he knew he was going to end up being just body spray all over a rock and he agreed to it because he saw what the shadows were trying to do and he agreed with it there is a chance that callum can can come back everything is is there for him to come back it's just he hasn't because it's still too soon and people know the like they they know the public perception of what happened there that shin found a shadow and painted him all over a rock 
things were were left open for Callum. Oh yes, very much so. I think that's just about all we really have to say about that, at least on our end. Yeah. Do you want to read the next one? Sure. Or is that the last one? Oh, this is the last one. Yeah, this is the last one. Uh, e, you want to take this one? Yep. And that's Shadow on a Wall. Oh. oh. I knew Callum by another name. A hated name. The Drifter had run with Callum's crew for some time. I get the sense he would have been one and the same as them. Lockstep down Sorrow's Road. If they'd met sooner. Hell, maybe they were Lockstep. Maybe his gambit was theirs. Maybe the bait set when the Drifter came to the tower was for me and mine. Maybe all we were playing at was our own end. But all that's not worth the effort to dwell on. A path's been set. Best to walk it. If the turn round, that final bend, leads to death, all we can do is return the favor. Drifter told me Callum had a spot. A hold he used all his own. Said his crew been running separate jobs to keep me off their trail. Said they knew one to one they'd have a hard time walking away. But rolling together only increased their footprint. Made them easier to trail. Made sense. With the six of them, Callum's crew, I mean, spread out each running their own search for whatever it is they're searching for. Gave me cross signals. I'd hear conflicting stories of their deeds from one end of the system to the next. And I had a hard time keeping up. But this info, Callum's safe space, it was a lead worth a look. Two weeks into a living hell, I thought Drifter had fed me a line, maybe trying to kill two birds in stone. There were signs of a shadow's presence, but they were cold, old. I waited anyway. Shot me some taken to kill the time. The wait paid off. Callum entered could hear him before I saw him. He was arguing with his ghost. I waited on the hope they'd spill goods I could use to track the others. No such luck. Their words were heeded. Callum had gone too far. His ghost was angry. I don't blame her. It caught me that she always used his proper name, Callum, and not his other. She still cared, still hoped. Then she screamed. I drew and stepped into the light. Callum had his ghost in his left hand. It was silent. With his right, 
He had stabbed her through the optics with a sickly dagger. A tool carved from the jagged spikes, fired from a weapon I shall not name. The ghost was dead, and Callum just laughed. I think because he knew what came next. He and I had words. Told me I'd never kill them all. Then he dropped the shell and went for his shooter. I lit my fire and painted him on the wall without another word. A Renegade's Observation of Drifter So if we're putting this in the timeline for when we're doing our own interaction with this for the Malfeasance quest, you kind of wonder, uh, based upon this, if this conversation between Shin and Drifter happened in the previous entry just before he sent you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But either way, again, going back to that whole concept of this being, you know, the public perception of everything that had happened. Again, there's so many different layers to this, especially with the knowledge that we now have uh, of what actually went down that day. Yeah, because with what we learned in the book, Nothing Ends, we find out that Callum and his ghost, you know, quote ghost, the fight was staged. The sickly dagger was actually real. It was a thorn from thorn. Like it was an actual bullet from thorn. Right. Um, But the ghost was in his hand was actually just a dead ghost. Mm -hmm. They found a dead ghost stripped the the ghost shell off of it stripped the ghost shell off of Callum's ghost and swapped the two and Callum's ghost is now accompanying Shin if I remember correctly uh, so in that Maybe. entry because I'm actually looking at it right now so it's Vale and Callum talking and Vale is saying uh, let's see your ghost understands as well as you She's safe now, with Bane, given a new shell, and sad, but aware of what is at stake. Dredgen Bane is uh, Tebin Gray, the warlock who scribed uh, for every rose a thorn. And of course, Dredgen Vale is... Orsa's Zyre. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Shin. As evidenced by a later line in that where Callum says, and what if they discover Malfur and Orsa are one and the same? They will not. Like, the entire Forsaken year for Shin's mouth, you know, story, like, it threw things on it, you know, topsy-turvy. Like, it just... It just made things totally nuts. It it did. Because, I mean, up until then, it was just a Western, you know? Guy strolls into town, kills the father, leaves the son. The son grows up, kills the guy who killed his father, and then... That old chestnut? That old chestnut. Yeah. And then the son ends up going around to kill a, a cult that formed around the father murderer. So, like, 
it, it was a Western, pretty much. Um, and then the Forsaken Year happened, and it, it just... There were so many twists in there that I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it made it so it was, again, not just... That chestnut split apart and grew into a very jagged, very different tree than what was expected. Yeah. But still very, very cool to look back at it now with all the knowledge that we've gained in that time. Exactly. And, and like, I know that I personally don't do that enough, but I love doing it. (laughs) I love getting all that information and being, you know, going back and I'm like, did they really plan it this way or did they just stumble on it? (laughs) You know? Yeah, really? God. Because, like, this Shin and and Dredgen Yor's story and the Shadows of Yor, there have been so many different twists that it's just like, I, I have to think that they planned it out. I'm pretty certain they did. I don't know why they wouldn't have. And especially since it's been slowly drip fed to us like this story had to have been planned out yeah easily yep easily yep anyway we have five more next week because this book has 10 entries but i mean this book has been out for two three years at this point yep yep so I could say, do you like this book or anything, but we'll (laughs) we'll get to that next week. So, um, any shout outs? Uh, E, we'll start with you. Uh, shout out to my brother. Um, you shout out your brother every week. Do you know that? Not every week. I haven't, I haven't keeping count, incidentally. Not every week. Like every week. Almost. Um, so. It should just be like a kite shout out. You want to just shout out kite? (laughs) <laughs> you have a specific you know, kite well, shout out and then a general shout out you know we're just giving you shit oh i'm I just know. giving you shit hi kite i know hi kite well and and i'm specifically calling him out because he's dealing with a lot of shit right now his wife's grandmother passed away over the Ooh. holiday oh that's awful so he's been dealing with funeral stuff and memorial stuff and all of that was yesterday and today as of recording and that's january 9th and january 10th and i say you know today as in january 10th because we are currently recording this at midnight my time um (laughs) sorry we're stuck in the past (laughs) the future is not that great either trust me um (laughs) it's because bob saget just died yeah america's dad just died yeah america's grandma's dead america's dad is dead who's america's mom is next the only question is who's calling in the hits oprah Uh, (laughs) she's got enough money (laughs) sorry keep going sorry 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 continue Um, your shout out i apologize but no and, and and that's that's pretty much it. Um, ah, fuck it. That's my only shout out. 
Well, how the tables have turned. Orchid, what about you? How the turns have tabled. No, it's your turn. What's your shout out? Oh, is it mine? Oh, how, how the turns have tabled. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? I am going to give a shout out to Sammy, uh, my lovely wife, just because there's a lot that she has kind of been able to do. And we were kind of thinking back on it with everything with the dawning. That was her one year anniversary of playing Destiny. And just seeing like how into this universe she has gotten in that time has just been really cool and has kind of really reignited my own love of this place. You know, just of everything that is in here. So that's just been really lovely to be a part of. Oh, that's so nice. That's awesome. Hmm. And, and you know what? Actually, yeah, shout out to you, too, for hauling me into this. Kicking and screaming. Oh, this episode? And, yeah. And make, no, and making me part of this project, because it's, oh. it's a lot of fun, and it's it's great. Kicking and Ooh. screaming. Yep, kicking and screaming. That's pretty much how <laughs> this has worked, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean. And when you don't the... scream, we start poking you with sticks. Yep. <laughs> Um, for me, my shout out is to, um, I don't really talk about things that I do outside of this really, but, uh, I volunteer, uh, my time with a bunch of different organizations. So if you guys ever have, um, extra money or time uh, you should also volunteer with organizations of your choice because it's really good so that's my shout out is use your time wisely and give back to your community that's it that's my shout out pearls of wisdom to end this episode on that's not really a pearl of wisdom like i don't sleep much because I spread myself super thin, so. <laughs> but I think it's better to spend my time helping others and giving back than in taking care of myself. So I burn very brightly. That's just what I do. Anyway, um, I have some special thanks for this episode. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zevis. Hello. This chuckle fuck. Uh, you can find him on Twitter <laughs> at Rendell Zevis. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock V on Twitter. He's a very lovely guy. You should go follow him. The music in this episode is copyrighted Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank, Thank you, Baxter. Baxter. Yay! Here are some reminders. You can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's orchid, or at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can also send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can, oh goodness, you can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews. Um, what actually really helps us is if you tell your friends that is the best way to pass around knowledge of our podcast so next time you're talking to a destiny friend and they're into the lore just be like hey i heard about this podcast it's called guardians of lord maybe you should give it a try 
It's the most professional, unprofessional podcast I've ever heard. That is absolutely 100% true. Um, also, <laughs> join our Discord. We're a bunch of fun sometimes, once in a while. Uh, you can find an invite in the description for our podcast, uh, but there also the easier way to do it is just to do, go to discord.gg slash lorehub. Hey, I did it. We made it. We're at the end, guys. Say goodbye. There wasn't even that link in the show notes. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I made Bye. it. I made it. So proud of you. Say goodbye, <laughs> both of you. Goodbye, both of you. Jeez. Goodbye, both of you. I hate this job sometimes. <laughs> goodbye. Take care. Otters. God. <laughs> Taking a job. Otters. Bye. Otters.